welcome to this week's episode of Hotel Stories. This week, I'm talking to Todd Iacono with TNS Lifestyle. Todd is currently working on an exciting project um, with the Meow Wolf group uh, that he's going to talk about towards the end of the episode. Um, and I um, am not a pro at engineering, so I started recording midway through his story. Uh, so let me catch you up because you're going to hear him talking about his going away party when he was a catering manager and he's talking about his general manager who was at the party and um, was overserved and may have, all right, did um, use the bathroom in the bushes in front of the restaurant. And so that's the story he's telling when we pick up with Todd. Enjoy this week's episode of Hotel Stories and visit our website, hotelstoriespodcast.com. And if you have a story, we want to hear it. So send it over uh, either to the website or you can send it to me directly, Tracy at hotelstoriespodcast.com. All right, here's Todd. Up in front of the bushes, in front of these windows, and just clearly had way too much to drink um, and starts to urinate. Well, it turns out it was the general manager of the hotel. No. Yes. <laughs> This was your going away party? And it was my going away party. <laughs> no. Yeah. And the GM was going out in the bushes to urinate. Yes. Um, so at that point, the, the MOD comes out, grabs the food and beverage director at the time and says, I don't know how to handle this. So basically, <laughs> the party's over. Right? <laughs> Everybody leaves. Uh, we all go to this other bar um, down the street. The general manager disappears. No one really knows where he went. Uh, apparently he went down to the um, Japanese restaurant that was down the hallway, continued to drink because when we came back, uh, we went to that Japanese restaurant and they told us that he was there. And as we were walking uh, down the hall, there was an office corridor that connected the hallway to the parking lot. We found his Mont Blanc pen laying on the floor. We found his name tag laying on the floor and a few other personal items. Uh, <laughs> The next day he came in as if it never happened, fresh as a tack. <laughs> uh, oh my God. And the company came in and relieved him of his duties. They, um, no. So I, yeah, I guess relieving yourself in, 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 in the bushes in front of the restaurant, even back then was frowned upon, let alone today. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, they made him available the industry as uh they did yeah they did it was a shame because he was a really quality quality general manager unfortunately i believe he has since um passed away and is um no longer on this world but and has moved on to other things but you know aside from that unfortunate incident he was a very great human being and taught <laughs> me a lot and obviously taught me a little bit of what not to do uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that was um, probably one of the uh, better going away parties I've ever attended. And it was, fortunately, it was mine. Oh, my God. Well, um, I'm trying to remember what your going away party was when we worked together. But it, I think we partied so much working together that I can't really remember <laughs> the going away party. <laughs> that, that whole job was a party, right? I mean, and, <laughs> At some point when we look at each other, we say, this is probably a bad example for the staff. We shouldn't do this anymore. Right? 
And that would always, we'd all always get better. Oh my God. And then we'd regress. Uh, yeah, that was uh, some interesting times. I did, I do recall the birth of my son. Um, I was working there and uh, we were talking about his baptism party. And I looked at my wife, I said, would it be inappropriate to have Chewy, who if you remember Chewy, he was the little person that yes. a bunch of our events. I said, you know, I talked to Chewy, he said he's, he, he'll do this. Um, but I want to make sure it's okay with you. And what I asked my wife, I said, would it be inappropriate to have Chewy come in dressed as a baby in a diaper? <laughs> and she said, absolutely not. <laughs> uh, not going to happen. I'm like, what a great story, right? We had our son's baptism. I see he's going to be telling his college buddies as well. My baptism party, my dad had a little person come in dressed as me. Right? <laughs> and, I remember that uh, guy was great. Yeah, we that place was he was great. Yeah. Yeah. You, you remember, remember the time we dressed him up? Yeah, go ahead. I don't remember what, how you pronounce that, but it was an Italian theme party and we were going to put him in a, in a, in a boat in the uh in the pool dressed as a uh, as a gondola what do you call those guys like a gondola worker or gondola uh, the gondola drivers. yeah the gondola drivers whatever they are and he couldn't because the pool was over his head and he didn't know how to swim <laughs> <laughs> well charlie wanted to put him in a sombrero where he would walk around the party and the sombrero was like a chip and dip sombrero where it's dip, we did do the outside and dip was on the inside and he'd walk around as the appetizer bowl. Yeah. Now, <laughs> when Charlie wanted to do it, I believe we all said no. So then you moved on. And remember Jack came in as your, at your replacement? Yes. Yes. So we, we did do that at the one down in Houston. And I remember Jack eating out of it and says to me, even in the most liberal environments, which, by the way, I think we're in right now, <laughs> there's something significantly wrong with this. <laughs> We all bought into it, right? That guy was great. He was a Mavs maniac. He, he was, was like awesome. one of the Mavs dancers. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, and uh, nothing was off limits with him. God bless him. Well, yes, except swimming. Yeah, obviously. Or <laughs> <laughs> lack thereof. <laughs> so, um, so I have to talk about the first time we met was um, when I tried to get you fired. <clears throat> so you got hired by gemstone and we had this weird setup where the management company was like you know several states away and the owner was like an hour away it was this weird setup and we had three gms in in three years and we're like what what are you guys asking people in the interview process like how are we not getting someone who's stick, sticking around and they're like okay well if you guys think you can do it ec team you guys hire a gm and we're like okay great we're up for the challenge. And then you came through and they're like, so we hired this guy and um, you're not going to be hiring that person. And, and then the EC team was like, well, we didn't even get to interview him. And so they were like, Tracy, you interview him. And so I remember talking to you and you were like, well, like you said, I've, I've stayed in jobs about 18 months and then I get asked to go move on to other places. And so um, I said that to Jim. So I was like, he, he's only in it for another 18 months. And we're on our third GM and they're like, well, too bad. And then you showed up to work. I'm like, now I have to sit here. He's my new boss. And yeah. I just told the management company, I don't think he should, you should hire him. But anyhow, shame on I me. Remember, it was the best. I remember time. sitting in that, sitting in that interview process. And I had known this backstory 
So like I was already hired and like, uh, you need to meet with the, the, the EC team. <laughs> and I was so arrogant all of myself. And you guys are like, any questions? I'm like, nope, I'm good. Oh, I'm right. right. And that that's pissed right. you off. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. And, they, and you had a cast on your hand. And, and I, I, think I was we, actually, no, it was my elbow. I had surgery on my elbow literally like two days before. Yeah, and I was casted from the, from the wrist all the way up to my shoulder. Yeah, and, and I think you, you took Gretchen and I to lunch like when you first got there and we're like, what happened to your arm? And you're like, I actually beat up a hooker. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I love this guy. <laughs> yeah, so you're going to make me tell that story, aren't you? I think, um, whoring to glad I asked. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to, I want that story. So I'm at a hotel in Chicago um, with a new company. Um, I was there as a consultant and working with the new ownership group and uh, the new management company. And they had hired a significant amount of Rich Carlton people to come and work at this hotel because they were creating a luxury brand. However, the hotel was one that was undergoing a transformation and still had somewhat of a shady clientele, um, but a great location right on the river in downtown Chicago. And I get a phone call from the PBX operator, you know, Mr. Iacono. Um, Paul is uh, up in a room and could use some assistance. Um, I'm like, well, what's up? She's like, well, there's a prostitute up there that refuses to leave. Okay. So I go up and Paul, who's a Rich Carlton trained gentleman, uh, he's the front office manager, great kid, very talented, but at the same time, he's used to working in a Rich Carlton, so not very familiar with um, <laughs> this type of atmosphere. Um, so I walk into the room and there's, there's a prostitute, naked. Um, Paul's trying to negotiate her exit, uh, you know, by using things like ma'am and miss. <laughs> And uh, there's another individual in, in the room who um, was sharing the room with the guy that hired her. She openly admits that he wasn't the John. Um, he just says, guys, I just want to leave. I'm like, well, why are you staying? Um, he's like, really? I'm like, well, she admits that you're not the guy that owes her money. That guy's nowhere to be found. I don't understand why you're sticking around because the police are on their way. Oh, no. so he's like, really? I'm like, yeah. So he leaves. As he's leaving, she gets angry and pushes her way through everybody. Starts running down the hall naked, by the way. <laughs> help, help. These white MFers. <laughs> and she used another word. With that. Like, Tracy, I don't know if I can use that language. Uh, but, and now they don't want to pay me. And I'm like, oh, hell no. And Paul is still literally going, uh, miss, miss. Yeah, like running after her. And I'm like, oh, He's hell Mr. No. Ladies uh -huh. and gentlemen, serving ladies and gentlemen. Yes. Yeah. Um, literally, she went running up to one of our housekeepers. Our housekeeper opened the door, ran into the room and closed the door. She wanted no part of it. <laughs> so I literally go back and I grab her by the back of the head and I drag her down the hall by her hair. And she's <laughs> screaming the whole time, help, help. You what, motherfucker? You're the devil, blah, blah, blah. So I get her back in the room. I throw her down on the bed. I said, get dressed and get the hell out of my building. 
and she looks at me and spits at me. Oh my God. And this is back in the day when, when there was two double beds. Um, there was a nightstand in between them and there was a phone book like underneath it. So when she spit at me, I grabbed the phone book and I smacked her in the head as hard as I possibly could with the phone book. Calls me an MF her again and spits at me again. So I smacked her again. <laughs> Oh my God. So after that, um, <laughs> the guy that owes her the money shows up, uh, actually paid her and said, you just need to leave. She starts getting dressed and she looks at Paul, who's this nice young gentleman. And she says, she's brushing her hair and she says, Paul, I like you. And she says, and I'm not worried about, about me. Jesus is going to take care of me. I, um, and she said, you, you're the devil. <laughs> and she spit at me again. So then I hit her in the head with the phone book again. <laughs> and I said, you're just not going to learn, are you? Long story short, the police come, take her away, take this guy away. And it was all over and done with. And it was probably not a highlight of my career. Um, but it happened. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> Well, that's one of the things Shireen and I talked about is like, that's what's so crazy about this business is you probably left there, went back to the front desk and got a call for fresh towels or, yeah. you know, right. what? Can I get ice? <laughs> um, yeah, but you're right. I mean, it, it's, it's, it's so crazy. Um, you know, I, I'm trying to think of what the most insane request has ever been like when I was a room service manager and I can't really, doesn't really come to mind at this point, but you know, the big joke is in, uh, in the industry when it comes to, you know, the executive platinum and the platinum and, um, I get it. These people are, are, are road warriors and they, you know, they're away from their families and they're on the road 40 weeks a year and, you know, they've earned, you know, perks uh -huh. with those perks aren't always available, right? And when they're not, you know, they're not always the easiest people to deal with. And, you know, I remember the biggest, the biggest jokes are the, the you know, well, I'm sorry, Mr. So-and-so, you're, you know, you're upset that your suite isn't available, but, but perhaps if we order a camel and a helicopter pad and, you know, bring you 14 gold, uh, gold Rolls Royces and, you know, six Rolex watches and, and charter you a private plane to Guam, you'll feel better. <laughs> um yeah and it's just the the type of types of stuff we deal with in this industry are just i tell people some of the stuff that goes on on a daily basis and they're like really i'm like yeah it happens it happens like you said, no. Trish, yeah go ahead uh, we were talking before we um you know started talking about when shireen and i broke up a a you know an x-rated photo shoot in the hotel Mm -hmm. And and then you're right. You know, she we went downstairs, and she probably took a, a a lead call for a group of fifty people at a rate of five hundred plus a night. And you know, I I'm, I'm greeting a, an individual who's you know just rolled up in his hundred thousand dollar Maserati, and we're checking him into the Rockstar Suite. So it's 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 so diverse, so crazy, and the people that you meet are just fabulous. Um, right down from the associates. Um, you know, to, 
the wealthiest clientele that comes in. Yeah. Uh, well, it's funny because along those same, same lines, you know, we had Steven Tyler, remember when he was there and he popped yeah. into the ballroom and took pictures with the bride and just couldn't have been a nicer guy. And yeah. I remember his rider, he had like, he wanted white lilies and he wanted white, ta- like all this stuff. And uh, John Martin's like, that sounds like my rider that I bought for my house. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> it was so funny. But yeah, we, it's true. Uh, when I ran the uh, Westin here in downtown Phoenix, um, Snoop Dogg stayed there. And, you know, Westin is all about healthy living and smoke-free environment. And the, uh, the contact for the group flat out said, what's the fee for, you know, smoking in the room? Because we're just going to pay it up front. Mm-hmm. Right? <laughs> they are going to smoke. Uh, this is going to happen. Yeah. 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 And well, how old were you when that happened with the, the um, sex worker? Uh, God. It was bef- right when my daughter was born, and she's 15, so I'm 50 today. So I was probably your birthday? 35. Yeah, no, I'm meaning like I am 50. Oh, 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 well. I didn't turn 50 today. I turned 50 <laughs> about two, two months ago. Um, wow, you just made me say 50. You might want to not, not leave that in there. You're like, edit that out. <laughs> You're, yes. you're like, I'm fine with the sex worker. Edit out my age. So you were, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I was probably 35 years old. I think that's so crazy yeah. that like, we're, you know, obviously there's no training involved in any of this, but you know, we're just, you, the thing that I love about hotel people is we just roll with it and you just, you get a call, you go and you, use your life experience on how you're going to approach yeah. it and handle it. Uh, and, you know, you just never know what the day's going to bring. And, you know, it's kind, kind of cliche when people say, oh, well, every day's different. Well, it truly is. Um, yeah. We had one individual at the Westin who I almost felt bad for because he was just, he was a very obsessive, compulsive uh, individual. And, my director of operations at the time uh, came down and I don't, I truly don't remember the gentleman's name. So we'll we'll refer to him as Mr. Smith. And my director of operations comes into the, into my office. He's like, "Um, I just had a very odd interaction with Mr. Smith. I'm like, well, what's up? He's called me up to his room and said there was a problem with the pay-per-view movies and wanted me to see it. Now this individual was in our hotel probably 30 weeks a year um, for every week, three to five days. And he said, I walked up there and he was in his bathrobe that wasn't tied. And he just wanted me to see that he's been here now. So it went from like the 31st to the first of the month when all the movies are supposed to change over. And he was very upset because the porn uh, hadn't changed. The adult films hadn't changed. Um, I just looked at him and I'm like, Brian, you, you do understand that he wasn't complaining about the adult films not changing. The real complaint was the fact that he was standing there in his robe that was not tied. He's gotten to know you over the years because he's here frequently. So think about what he was really asking you. 
And he looked at me, he goes, he looked at me, he goes, I'm very uncomfortable and just walked out of my office. <laughs> the best was, he wasn't uncomfortable up there. He's like, uh, we got a problem. We're going to have to fix this uh, porn situation. But when he's in your office, all of a sudden he's like, now I'm uncomfortable. Yeah, right. Because he realized what the issue, what, what, why he was really called up there, right? It was. Oh my God. Uh, yeah. yeah, I mean the uh, amount of naked people. Yeah, I've seen a lot yeah. of naked people. Yeah, yeah, and and it's funny is a young um, male growing up in that business, you'd think that'd be kind of cool, right? And there was nothing grosser. I mean, it was always not something you didn't want to see. It was always an invitation you didn't want. Right? I remember um, when I worked at the, the Wyndham Franklin Plaza back in Philadelphia, um, I was the room service supervisor, so very early in my career. And the waiters would always kind of fight over who got to take the Swiss airline orders um because the swiss airline people their mo when they checked into the hotel was they would take a shower order food and then take a nap um and the stewardesses you know would always answer the door with a towel around their waist a towel around their head and topless um and so the waiters would always fight over who got to who got to deliver it. And actually, I, I, I think the unwritten rule was, because it was a union hotel, whoever had the most seniority got to deliver it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we had a strip club holiday party. And uh, so the girls that worked at night had a holiday party during the day. And the girls that worked during the day had the party at night. And, and the most senior level people got to work with the night girls. <laughs> That nice. daytime party, and then the other people got stuck with the night. They're like, "No, we don't want the B team." <laughs> yeah, total B team. <laughs> well, uh, Gretchen and I would always say our EC meetings should have been a movie. And um, you remember uh, our food and beverage director? Were you there that time? I can't remember if it was you or Matt, and we had chartered a boat. And I don't know what I think it was Matt. Matt maybe got mad at him for something. He came in like a bull and was like legitimately snorting and like really foaming at the mouth. And I thought, I really thought that there were going to be punches thrown anytime we had an EC meeting because. Yeah. Was this the, the double decker boat on, on the lake? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That was mine. <laughs> <laughs> Something was supposed to have, he was supposed to stock it with food and I don't know. He came in, he had his fist you know, guns ablazing, yeah. and he was just, he yeah. never even made it on the boat. He just put the food on, and it was crazy. Yeah. Didn't he push Shireen off? Uh, I seem to recall it. Again, everything goes back to Shireen all of a sudden. Yeah, right? it does. All, somebody all pushed times. her off the rooftop of the boat because it was a double-decker boat, and she landed on a jet ski. I don't know if you remember that. Wait, what? I thought she was highly intoxicated because she didn't feel any pain. Why am I not remembering this? Probably because I was intoxicated. More than likely. Yeah, I think I did a um, Eminem rap for everyone. Yeah, you did. <laughs> the people on this, the people on this uh, podcast know that you used to be a backup singer for the B-52s. Oh, they do now. Yeah, right? <laughs> as long as you don't edit it out. 
<laughs> That's my big claim to fame. Yes, I was a backup singer. I know. <laughs> a backup I know. dancer, sorry, for the B-52s. Is that yeah. what it was, a backup dancer? Yeah, no one was paying me to sing. For the record, yeah. I was not. Yeah. <laughs> so um, so you worked, you worked in L.A. Did you ever have any fun story? L.A. is such a, well, I'm going to say fun and shit show type of place. Yeah. Yeah, um, we had Dennis Rodman on a regular basis come into our bar. Um, that was always interesting when he would order, you know, bottles of Cristal and pour them into his size 14 sneaker and have people drink out of it, and they would. Um, he'd always roll up in a um, two-door jet black Mercedes with flames painted down the side, and then in behind him was always a limousine uh, with about 30 girls in it. Subtle, uh, just real and, subtle. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Charles Barkley was there one day waiting on him, and um, uh, I really can't use. I don't know that I can say this story solely because there's so many ethnic slurs in it that Charles used. Um, yeah, maybe, maybe pass on that. Let's just say Charles. <laughs> I'm sorry. I said, oh yeah, maybe pass on that. Yeah, yeah. Let's just say that Charles said to Dennis some things that were just incredibly inappropriate about his car and how he rolled. <laughs> and, but they were fun. They were good guys. Uh -huh. um, for as crazy as they were, they were always very generous to the staff. Like the staff would be like, oh, we got to deal with this nightmare. But then they'd be like, yeah, they're also going to tip us each grand. Um, you know, so that part of the business, when you talk about Los Angeles, you know, you're right, it's crazy. I, oddly enough, I don't have any real crazy times um, from when I was in LA. And I do recall dealing with significant amount of celebrities or sports personalities who, yeah, were usually a handful, but very generous to the hourly staff. Um, which, you know, that always isn't the case. Yeah. Um, Tom Hanks did a, uh, a party there for um, when he did Castaway. And the first thing out of his mouth when he walked in um, was, you know, I want to meet the staff and just say thank you. Wow. Uh, Unbelievable. Yeah. Right? Um, Shaggy, back in the day when he was launching his – um, I don't remember the name of the album, but it was the one that had the, the song It Wasn't Me on it. Uh-huh. Uh, shooting a video uh, back at our pool. And there was a young man uh, who was about 12 who was undergoing some treatments at um, USC Hospital and in their medical center. And when at the time, one of Shaggy's big songs was Hope. And whenever this kid was down and out, he'd play that song. And, you know, I went over to the people that were in charge um, and working with Shaggy. And I told him about this young man and Shaggy stopped literally everything he was doing, came over and spent no less than 45 minutes to an hour with this young man, signed a bunch of CDs for him, sang to him, oh. and just was a real inspiration. Um, you know, I got, I got a lot of feel good stories, you know, it's not all fun and games and as much as we like to believe it is. Um, but I got a lot of really good feel good stories from my LA experience. 
Um, yeah. It's, I love that. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we did uh, a lot of charity work when we were there um, with some A-list talent. Um, I remember um, Randy Gerber, who um, was the brainchild with his brothers behind a bunch of nightlife venues in LA at the time. He's married to Cindy Crawford. Mm-hmm. Um, and they would come in frequently and just, and when I say come in frequently, it was really kind of to do charity events, um, usually leaning towards children um, and just giving back to the community. That's great. That's so cool. <clears throat> Did yeah. you? Yeah. Do you were you there when Kid Rock came and uh, brought that amazing car and was like taking pictures with people and just it seemed like the people that were on their way up or on their way down tended to be more difficult to deal with. But those people that had a solid ranking just seemed really nice. Yeah. Yeah, it was um, there's some really great you, you know, you meet some really, really good people, whether they're known out in the out in the world or not. Or the you know, sometimes it's just a wealthy individual that comes in. Who's the guy that owned all the Corvettes? Oh, I don't know. I, I'm so terrible. Another with good guy, right? Always took care of the staff. Yeah, uh, I don't remember him. He may have been after you. Um, but when he turned fifty, he was out by the pool, and the staff completely unsolicited. Um, and unbeknownst to me, um, out of their own pockets, not that it's a ton of money, but you're also talking about hourly associates that don't make a ton of money. Yeah. Um, and got him like this double tier Corvette cake and sang happy birthday to him and his family out by the pool. You're kidding um, me. That's so no. nice. Right? Yeah. Um, I once had a housekeeper come to me. We had a woman who stayed at the hotel. Her name, last name was Melanson. Um, I believe her, uh, I probably shouldn't use her first name. Um, but she would stay at that hotel probably every other week. And she would run three miles every morning. And I actually had a housekeeper come down to my office and say, hey, these are her shoes, her running shoes. And they're really worn. Can we get her a new pair? And I, I looked at that housekeeper. I said, we can not only get her a new pair, but I don't, I, I want the note to say that they came from you. Uh-huh. I mean, for a housekeeper to have the wherewithal to understand that, you know, this person's away from their family, away from their own surroundings. Um, they could probably use a new pair of shoes. Yeah. Right. That is unbelievable. I love that story. Yeah. Yeah. For whatever reason, I remember the guest's name. Um, you know, and Tracy, before we started recording this, the uh, we talked a lot about my family and, and what was going on. And um, I met my wife in this business. True story. Um, at the time I was working in Chicago, she was working as a PBX operator. <laughs> and I walked, at, I smoked at the time and so did she. And at the time I walked back and I said to her, I said, Hey, when you get off the phone, you take a break. If you wouldn't mind swimming by my office and dropping off a cigarette. And that's how, uh, that's how her and I actually met. 
And I ended up taking her to a hockey game by mistake. I shouldn't say by mistake. The person I was supposed to go with canceled at the last minute. And she heard me complaining about it. And she said, I love hockey. I said, great. You owe me 25 bucks for the ticket. I will drive. But you're not, and you're also buying your own beer and it's not a date. Two years later, I married her. <laughs> and here I am 22 years later, still married to her with two children. So, um, yeah, the, I mean, the business has given me so much more than just great life experiences. It's given me a, a, a life partner and a family. And, um, you know, and it's, I think a lot of it is, as you know, when you're in this business, you spend so much time together. Um, really, you know, everybody you work with becomes your family mm -hmm. and create some friendships that are just lifelong and everlasting. Today, mm -hmm. I mean, like, I mean, how long ago did you and I work together? And it seems like every two or three years we reconnect, right? And, um, yeah, I often get a text that just says hooker. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, there goes Todd. Such a charmer. Yeah. yeah. No, I will say this. My husband still talks about how amazing you were as a boss and how well you treated everybody in that time you invited the EC over and you cooked for all of us and you made Chateaubriand and we yeah. were, it, John was just <laughs> blown away. He's like, what a nice guy. Yeah. And a lot yeah. of, a lot of times, like you said, you're working closely with people and um, it seemed like there was a lot of, um, there's a lot of affairs and things that go on in the hotel industry and you were so on the up and up. You were such a good guy. You just, you looked out, for all of us um, and all the employees, you were just, you were awesome to work for. Oh, thank you. It was, uh, at the same time, you're only as good as the people that support you and that are around you. Um, that's never lost on me, right? I mean, uh, what I do think is lost in a lot of leaders um, is that you, in a, an associate that makes 12 or $14 an hour is working so hard to support their family. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, if that individual is not happy or doesn't have the tools or is not comfortable in their workspace, um, is not comfortable in their workspace, um, they could really affect my success. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, I think that's lost on a lot of people. I mean, I would... Once a, once a week, I'm sorry, not once a Oh, my trailer's moving, literally. <laughs> <laughs> Just for everyone out there, Todd is, and I, and I wanted you to talk about your current work, but he is uh, okay. doing this call from a trailer in a garage warehouse. Yes, art gallery, please, art gallery. <laughs> um, but to my point before that happened is that uh, once a month, I would always go down in the housekeeping when, when I was an on-property GM and I would cook breakfast for them, uh, for the entire housekeeping staff. And it became a type of thing that one they looked forward to. And then when they knew I was going to do it, some of them, it got to the point where they would come in and cook with me or we would pick a menu that was um, indigenous to someone's ethnic background and they would teach me how to cook it and we would do it for the group. <laughs> um, and it's about building relationships and team building um, and really making sure that everyone's happy in their workspace. It doesn't mean you don't hold people accountable because you do. 
Yeah. Um, but you also would be surprised how quickly people will go to the end of the earth for you when you treat them well and give them the tools to do their job. Oh, you're so good at what you do. That's the reason why you leave every 18 months is because people recruit you. You are great at your job. And you also had this group of people that when you left, you didn't just leave. You found your replacement. You trained your replacement. It was, yeah. Yeah. Amazing. He didn't last real long. What's that? <laughs> he didn't last. I don't think he lasted long. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So talk about what you're doing now. Cause I'm, it, it's, you're in a trailer and you're in a warehouse. I am. <laughs> That's not indicative of so, uh, what's going on. <laughs> so I, I uh, work with a group called True North Studio. Um, we founded the company, the management company, which is actually called uh, TNS Lifestyle, uh, about six to, uh, call it 10 weeks ago. Um, and we are a group of investors and developers that have recently gotten into the hospitality space. And the, our office is in a building called Mon Orchid in downtown Phoenix, which historically has been an art collective and a coffee shop and a place for local artists to come and work and display their art um, at a very reasonable cost because struggling artists, as we all know, are struggling artists and uh, our give back to the community is to try to help struggling artists become successful and be known and so they can show their art. Um, and our office is in the back studio and it's a wide open environment. We don't have any real offices, even the um, myself and a gentleman by the name of Jonathan Bento and another partner named Jordan Taylor None of us have an office. We have one office where we'll bring other investors in um, just for some quiet time. But the rest of us, when we have need quiet time to do something like this, we have um, trailers, we have VW microbuses, um, we have we do have a boardroom that is to call it a boardroom, just different. It's it's got a um, 150 ton slab of granite suspended from the ceiling that is the work table uh so we're, we're, we're different type of thought process minded people so yes i am sitting in a trailer so i can get some quiet space and <laughs> somebody hooked it up and moved it. um and the garage doors are going up so there may be an actual art installation going on here shortly <laughs> um but that's where i'm calling from today oh <laughs> uh, that's exciting well uh I know you've always wanted to be part of a management company and um, God, we talked about it back when we worked together right. and um, over 10 years ago. And so to see you have your dream come true and it was such a cool um, organization, the things you guys are doing are really exciting. And um, I can't wait for you to make a big announcement and kind of tell us more about what you're doing. Um, but more of that to come. Yeah. Yeah, and I probably bring a significant amount of uh, more stories as um, we get into this art world. So, <laughs> see what it all brings. And I'd love to know about your experience in New Mexico when you're done. Okay, yeah, I'm excited about that. We're gonna we're gonna take the family, and um, and that's our sole sole purpose. Uh, yeah. So yeah. So, uh, um, I will tell you that when you go through the 
installation. Um, it's not hooked up to real plumbing. Um, but when you're into that, when you get into the house of eternal return, um, the bathroom upstairs, you have to put your head in the toilet. Okay. I got to write this down. Put my head in the toilet. <laughs> you're going to, you're yes. jacking with me. I'm sorry. I said, you're messing with me. I bet. Okay. No, I'm not. I, I swear I'm not. You have to put your head in the toilet. <laughs> if one more man tells me that, I swear. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, um, it, it's, it's not connected to plumbing, so you're safe. Okay. Um, there, there's, there is a surprise at the bottom of the toilet that has nothing to do with what one would think would be the surprise when you put your head in the toilet. Okay. Um, oh my and God. you also have to um, walk through the refrigerator and make sure you go through the dryer. Okay, I saw some of that on, I didn't see what happened. Yeah. You just kind of tease it. Okay, walk through the refrigerator and go through the dryer. Yeah. This is hilarious. Out of context. Um, yeah, totally out of context. <laughs> um, so well, can put you, your head in the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> remind me, can you talk about that part? Are you allowed to talk about? I can. Um, so Meow Wolf, uh, which is an organization out of Santa Fe, New Mexico, um, in a defunct bowling alley, created a 20,000 square foot art installation called the House of Eternal Return. And it's built on the premises that the house was hit by a vortex um, and opened up portals to other universes. So it's very experiential, very um, creative, to call it an art collective is a little bit of an insult because it's so much more than that. Um, and so they are growing and they too want to get into the hospitality space. So we have signed an agreement with them to be their exclusive hotel operator and developer. Ah, um, exciting. Yeah. And uh, we're probably two years away possibly for a while now we're two years away from the first one from opening three years away from which will be the mothership that will open in downtown phoenix um currently under development currently in design review and we're we, we own the land that it's going to go on um haven't broken ground yet um it's still that new we're seeking entitlements from the city you know and, and all the permitting and all that that happens but more to come on that, and it is going to be an absolute wild ride, and so incredibly excited about that partnership. Um, we announced it here in Phoenix about three weeks ago, uh, in front about in front of roughly 200 investors, influencers, uh, and local community uh, individuals. We are fortunate enough. Um, to have the mayor on board, we're fortunate enough to have the governor on board and just getting a lot of local support um, with everything that we're doing here in downtown Phoenix and soon to follow, you know, outside of Phoenix. Oh, that's so exciting. Yeah, yeah <laughs> very exciting. Um, be interesting to see uh, what 
your your feedback after uh, experiencing it. Okay, well, we'll we'll circle back after we go next week um, to the Meow Wolf exhibit. I will definitely stick my head in the toilet. <laughs> in your honor. <laughs> Thank you. That would probably be the first time anybody's ever done that in my honor. Um, but I, 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 I can now say that my life is complete, Tracy. There you go. I could die. When you put your head in the toilet in my honor, I could die a happy man. There's nothing right. else I need to do in life. <laughs> well, there you go. There you go. I, I agree. Aim low. Aim low. Yeah. <laughs> You've done it all. You've said it all. Um, you couldn't be more perfect for that job. And I'm excited to uh, reconnect with you after uh, that hotel opens and, um, and hear how it's going. That's going to be, I'm, I'm so jealous you get to do that. That's so exciting. Yeah. <clears throat> Well, who knows? Maybe we'll get the band back together and do it all at a different level. <laughs> are you talking about the lady of the night? That <laughs> are you talking about the bandit? No, we can keep that out. We could probably keep that one out. Um, <laughs> yeah. Now there is a you know there's a Meow Wolf exhibit coming to Denver. Okay, I saw that on the website. When's that coming? Uh, I believe it's 10 months away from opening. However, they are also working currently in a defunct amusement park where they're going to open an installation here in the not too distant future. Oh, please, I'll please get, let me know. I will get you that information. Yeah. That is so exciting. Yeah. Well, yeah. Todd, thank you so much for coming on Hotel Stories. And, um, hey, Okay, well, I'm definitely going to have you on again. You're one of my favorite people <laughs> in the world and that I worked with. Um, so thank you for being such an awesome boss and thanks for coming on. Well, thanks so much for having me, Tracy. I really appreciate it. And, you know, I, I, I've had fun watching you grow this um, to where it is today. And I'm sure it's just going to go, you know, knowing you, you're never satisfied with status quo. And to watch what this is going to become, I think is going to be a great ride for you as well. So congratulations on that. And again, thank you for including me and let's stay in touch and talk some more next week. Okay. I love it. Okay. I'm All right. Take travel.